This is a Rooster Teeth production. Good evening to all you melodrin. Fall into the stinky dragon, throw back our latest thirst quencher, harvested interest. It's a mixture of chaff and chaff, freshly brewed expressions of goodwill, honeycomb cocoa, revivified vanilla, topped with chocolate bark shavings. One gulp of this guzzler, you'll feel finer than Faye stepping into foliage. Previously, our adventurers were expelled to the plain of Pyroa without a plan. After meeting Mags, they perambulated through the plains of Ignis and encountered an imprisoned Ifridi named Defee. They freed the Ifridi from a fiery fate and were plane shifted back to the Pyramid of Antique. Nab some nectar, nestle in for our noxious narrative. After that tongue twister, can anyone tell me the name of the Afridi? Didi. Didi. I just said it. Didi. Am I close? He's going to keep going. Defee. I was there. And we said that somewhere in there. No, you did Hello, everyone. I'm Gustavo Sarola, the dungeon master of our putrid party. I'm going to hit our four players with an arrow. This week's role-playing warm-up question is, your character's home is on fire. They can only save three things. What would they be? One of them's a rabbit, right? <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> nice reference. Nice callback. Thank you. Thank you. That's campaign one. I'll start. Well, hello. Uh, I'm Barbara Zunkelman, and I am playing the character of Elga Von Brath, the female half-elf, vampire, barbarian, level five as well. Oh. As John closes Blaine's laptop, no. so he just got D&D Beyond I, I, on there. I want to see if Blaine oh. can, can can introduce himself today because you did because you did the thing where you looked your your thing, yeah. and I was mm. like, can Blaine do it without, without looking at looking. his thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just looks right at it. <laughs> Sorry, Barbara. Oh no, thank you. And I think if Elga needs to save three things, and obviously number one would be her teddy bear. <gasps> mm. Oh, mm. Elga has a teddy bear. Sounded like a different stuffed animal. No, it's an actual teddy bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, she a classic teddy bear that she was given when she was a child uh, many hundreds of years ago. Oh, this must be a little raggedy. It, a little raggedy, it's just, indeed. It's, like, it's just the paw. <laughs> the eye is hanging out. <laughs> uh, and then I think she'd also save the photo of her and her sister that she has on her night table. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her twin sister. And Ooh. then last but certainly not least, she'd take her axe. I'm just, I'm like, really? I'm like, you have a twin sister? Yes, what? she does. Oh, well, she, I think I think she's mentioned that a long time ago. My okay. Elgalore dropped previously yeah. on another episode. On previous Elgalore. <laughs> I like reminders. I like reminders. Does your uh, teddy bear have a name? I hate to put you on the spot. Oh, gosh. Uh, his name is... What? Boris. Boris. <laughs> oh, I, like I like it. That's Boris. a good name. Boris the teddy bear. Boris the bear. Now I have to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> See, there was some lore that just dropped. Yeah. Yeah, lore and boar is. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Who's next? I'll go. I'm Chris Damaris, and I play the human priest Barney Farney. Priest. Cleric. <laughs> <laughs> I would oh. pay money to have a video of Chris's face right there. <laughs> Barbara just broke his brain. It was Priest. the best. It was I was like, broken. did something change when you leveled up last time? Hey, inspiration <laughs> nice to Barbara for catching that, right? <laughs> Taking the claw. Uh, 
the three things. Uh, one, this sing is... them for us, Barney. <laughs> uh, Barney doesn't sing. <laughs> uh, uh, my pocket watch, mm-hmm. and then all my cleric supplies, like <laughs> like you know, which my, are no, your you know, sin box, a sin and... box, uh, <laughs> and then you know the stuff for for fighting undead, and you know the all the. Cleric stuff. All cleric, the, stuff. Uh, cleric stuff. Clearly, yeah. you're an expert. On uh, <laughs> and then, of course, my dentures. Oh, oh. wait, oh, Barneo dentures? Those aren't your real teeth. Well, they're my real teeth now. No, he actually oh. has den- he actually has real teeth and yeah. puts a pair of dentures on top of that. Oh. He looks like a Bee Gees band member. Of course, those are dentures. He's very teethy. They are very straight and white and have no spaces in between them. Yes. <laughs> never noticed. It's just a solid tooth on the top. <laughs> solid tooth on the bottom. Matthew, why don't you go ahead? I, I, I'll i take mine last. Okay. I'm John Rice here. I play Matthew Confucius, who's the Eric Cochran ghost monk. If the house was on fire, I'm not very attached to uh, earthly things, um, which is a part of uh, having passed. But I do have my favorite uh, spatula, as <gasps> oh. any chef should have, as any uh, is baker. Is it the good luck spatula? Uh... Yes. <laughs> what is your spatula's name? <laughs> um, it cannot be Boris. <laughs> that name's taken. Um, Chloris. Uh, <laughs> like Dracula and it's Dracula, a little vampire yeah, spatula. Yeah. I would take, obviously, my recipe books that I have uh, gathered mm-hmm. uh, for many, many years. They're just full of many uh, secret recipes that I adore and love. And then I would, uh, the house is on fire, so I would have to grab Jacques. Jacques is a necessity at this point. I, I've grown very much attached to this cat. It's interesting. Something that's come along so lately is now like yeah, in your so top three most you. important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not very attached to uh, earthly things, but uh, this cat rocks. <laughs> earthly things I love the idea of Matisse saying this cat rocks because <laughs> it's so not in their like vocabulary it seems Gus briefly Risa set the question up again one more time your character's home is on fire they yep. can only say three things what would they be okay this this here situation it's Chip a Haney. bunch of garbo alright this wouldn't happen to Chip Haney alright he is a volunteer firefighter, so he's got all of the up-to-date smoke-detecting magic equipment in every 10-foot area of his home. Uh, it would never catch on fire, and if it did... Lightning strike. What? Lightning strike. <laughs> oh, no, the house is on fire. Who could have seen it? Uh, well, of course, I'd protect, not to objectify my wife, but I would protect and take uh, Carol uh, if she was in the home, which she oh, is not. you have a wife? Because she's missing. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, chip lore. Uh, I would take Skipper, uh, obviously. He's a bird. Cock- what, what, cock- what kind of bird? Cockatoo. Cockatoo. Mm-hmm. Cockatoo. Did you say cop-tatoo? Yeah, he's got a little mustache. Uh, <laughs> And then lastly, Chip Bird would have a mustache. <laughs> I, I, I wear my fanny pack at all times, so I don't know if that counts. Maybe maybe just a fire extinguisher, you know? <laughs> you, you would take save that a out? fire extinguisher well, yeah. from your house that's on fire? Well, because I don't want the fire to spread to my neighbor's house. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if I lit Bill's house on fire? Oh, goodness. Here's what Chip should actually do. Yeah? Is that you brought up your, your escape route for saving everything. What? Your fanny pack. 
it's infinite it's holding. It's a bag of holding now. Just start throwing oh. everything <laughs> into your fanny pack. I thought you were saying jump into the fanny pack, <laughs> and the fanny pack won't catch on fire. <laughs> no, you just like literally putting your arm on your bookshelf and just pouring everything in. Yeah. I guess in that case, the question would be, what would the first three things you throw in be? Just oh, to yeah, make sure yeah. you get them. Uh, Honey, get the silverware. Hurry. <laughs> <laughs> jump into the bag get holding in the, it. Get, Carol, in the bag. get in the bag. Woman, get in there. <laughs> I love you so much. Sorry to call you a woman. I like how before the podcast, we'd like adjust levels to make sure that we're going to be good. And then you guys are immediately like. <laughs> I blow right through. Also, I am Chip Bainey. I am a tiefling rogue. He looked at it. He was staring straight at it. <laughs> well, look what happens when you don't. I am a priest. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Rabbi Barbara. <laughs> Mazel tov. Thank you. The sprinkling of sparks melts into thin air and you find yourselves back at the top of the Pyramid of Antique. But the entire throne room is empty and silent, save for the whistling of wind. You look up and feel the warmth of the dawning sun pouring down through the glass ceiling now shattered into jagged fragments. To the north, you find a stairway that leads up to the roof and you see a lifeless hand stretched out at the top of the stairs. You quickly climb the stairs and find the mummy lying on the rooftop with one hand pointing to the southwest. Before you look, you can already smell it. It's an odor you smelled the entire time you were in Pyrola. Fire. You turn your gaze to the southwest and a mountainous column of black smoke fills the sky. I thought I tooted. That's what the, the smell was. <laughs> yes, fire indeed. Your farts smell like fire? I am a tiefling. Tiefling uh, farts, yeah. Yeah, wait, very that really, Is that true? Are you messing with yoga? <laughs> <laughs> That's a new chip lore. <laughs> you need me to light a candle for you? I mean. I'm like one of them there uh, Charmanders that the kids are always talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's a D&D creature. Uh, <laughs> so there's no one else here but the lifeless body of the mummy? Or Appears to be. Matid checks. What do you check on a mummy for life? Ain't no pulse. <laughs> Just make an investigation check and we'll figure it out. Okay. Wait a second. While you do that, I thought that these mummies came back to life because well, I killed a bunch because it was guaranteed that they'd come back to life unless some sort of a real bad magic hitter. I rolled a two. Oh. Yeah, you think that's the mummy. <laughs> You're not entirely sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Mommy, let me check on you. Are you okay? Elga leans down to check on the mummy. Uh, yeah, you can make an investigation check as well if you want. And is this with advantage since she's up close? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this okay. would be. May I also investigate? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, go well, first. Just, you know, cover your base. Good thing I have advantage. You rolled a one. I rolled a one firstly, and then for my second roll, an 18. Ooh. So a uh, 19 for Chip and an 18 for Elga. Yes. While Matid is scratching their head, Looking at the uh, the corpse before you, <laughs> befuddled. Matita's doing that thing that birds do when they're just like turning their head. You know? <laughs> Chip and Elga, uh, yeah, you, you do know that this is the mummy, and the mummy uh, appears to be dead. Uh, her body burnt to a crisp, her oh. hands holding her scimitars. Oh, no. There are paw prints nearby, and the ground is just scorched, and the paw prints head off towards the southwest. But the trail seems to vanish at the edge of the pyramid. No, not my friend, the mummy. Oh, no, I'm going to loot her. I I have mummy issues, and now I have bigger mummy issues, and whoever did this will pay. Mm, Mommy and mummy issues. Mm -hmm. The city seems to be on fire. What what do we do about that? I will run into the depths of the fire to avenge my mummy. As you all are investigating the mummy's corpse and trying to figure out what to do. And looting her. <laughs> ethereal sands rise from the charred corpse and swirl into a spectral figure resembling Ryder Rajad. I'm sorry, my friends. 
I fought with Pharaoh Hadi and was nearly able to strike down the heathen with my blades. But the Phoenix came to his aid and it cost me my life. The reward I promised you is downstairs behind where the throne once stood. Now I go to be with my ancestors, the Antique. Respectful sands swirl once again, soar with the wind westward, uh, away from the rising sun, vanishing from sight. It's the circle of life! <laughs> and death! <laughs> again! So she said the reward for us is downstairs? Where the throne once stood. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. You were describing a general, like, setting mm-hmm. of what we're looking out to, which is the city on fire. Is there by any chance there is like like a clear path of the fire? So you see, you're asking if there's like a clear view of of the fire. Yeah, if it's if it's clearly like this phoenix was is the source of this. Is there that seems to be like that's the the problem to solve? Is this phoenix? Is there a path that we can see like the phoenix is going, or is it just rampant mayhem? Oh, like they cl- they like went down and scorched a lane on their journey. Sure, away. Well, there were paw prints. That, you know, that's what led me to believe, like, into the city. Let me clarify, it's not Carcassouk ah. itself that's on fire. It seems like it's something else, but it is in the direction that the paw prints are heading off of the pyramid okay. towards. So there's a, there's a direction we could go. Southwest. How okay. big are these paw prints? Big. So they're the Sphinx paw prints. Probably. Okay. Matid heads down to the throne. Elga follows. Barney will fall. Chip looks in the dust to see if there's any weapons because I'm not too happy about my Kopesh or the Desert Tripest. Why aren't you happy with that Kopesh? It's just, you know, I feel like I could do something better, you know? In yeah, my no. days in Dagger, I had some pretty powerful and cool weapons. Where'd they go? Yeah, why don't you have them anymore? <laughs> I put them away in a chest and buried them under cement in the basement of my house. <laughs> with your gold coins and... <laughs> yes, to, 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 to never come back to that life again, now that I Abby. had my wife, Carol. The uh, entire corpse and everything it was holding all transformed into sand. Okay, pocket sand. You, you can take some mummy pocket sand if you want. take some pocket sand. Okay. I'm going to put it in my fanny bag. So I know Elga said she was heading downstairs. Matid, did you say you were also following? Uh, uh, Matid went first. Oh, Matid went first. Oh, okay. And Barney came. Yeah, I guess he's playing in the sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm done making sandcastles with the the corpse. I'm going to come with you. (laughs) Yeah, you head downstairs to the throne room. And uh, I guess I I I don't want to make any presumptions. Yeah, you're going to check where uh, the mummy said. Yes. Behind where the golden throne once stood is indeed, like the mummy said, there is a mountain of treasure there. Mm. Quite a bit of coin. 700 copper pieces, 600 silver pieces, 900 gold pieces, and 100 platinum pieces. Oh my goodness. All right, so 25 platinum each, eh? Yep. Okay, that's easy. Well, are you with us too, Chip? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell us the mind's eye. Why would why, what would happen if I well, wasn't? Well, you know, I was thinking we would just put it in our pockets to bring up to you at some point, you know, it's fair and square. Oh, yeah? Better split three ways than four. 175 copper, 150 silver, 225 gold, 25 platinum. And 25 peepees? Yep. Is that what it is? 25 peepees? platinum, yeah. What was the, what was, oh, one more time, what was that gold? <laughs> gold was 225, 225 each. 25 each. That's a good but, amount. And D&D Beyond, they're peepees. <laughs> They are. That's what the acronym they are. is. They are. They're But why is that the only one you say? Why don't you say GP or SP? <laughs> well, because I knew what gold pieces were. I didn't know what. I had never heard of PPs before. So what is it? Stop what, talking what about those, your PP. What does those stand for? Well, gold piece and no, and no, no, the, the ones you keep saying. PP. Yeah. What Platinum is that? piece. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you just looked it up. Besides all of the coin, there are also a couple of gems. There's two black pearls, and sixteen bloodstones. 
This is a payday, guys. I'm not the person to be doing this, but I constantly do investigations. Can I look to see if there's anything special about these stones? Of the, uh, those are very like unique descriptions of like weird gems, like black pearls and bloodstones. Yeah, you don't have like a jeweler's loop or anything, right? Just like a casual with your uh, naked bird eyes looking at it. Birds like shiny things. They use it all. They they gather them all for their nests. So I just have a really big interest in these things. And people they like. Wink. You go and make an investigation check, Matid. Okay. I say I shouldn't do investigation checks, but I'm one who constantly says it because I'm plus zero on investigation. But I don't know if any of us are. Well, you all are a brainy party. Eighteen. Eighteen. Yay! Don't need no modifier. Whoa. They just seem to be particularly well cut, particularly well developed pearls and stones. And you would you would estimate each of the black pearls is worth about five hundred gold each. And there's two of them. Golly. And there's sixteen bloodstones, which are worth about fifty gold pieces each. So I'd say four bloodstones for the each. Well, what's the oh We math. have to split these up by stones, not by gold. I assume. Well, sure. Yeah, you can also pay each other gold if you want to, like, even Exchange. it out. I'll hold on to one of the dark stones. Black pearls? Black, Black pearls, pearls or bloodstones. Maybe yeah. we do a, 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 a championship bracket. It's uh, you two are going to rock, paper, scissors, and me and Barney rock, paper, scissors, and the winner of each gets the bloodstone. How about we no. have an arm wrestle competition? <laughs> Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Not in real life here in the podcast room, but, oh. in, <laughs> <There's> <laughs> but in the game. <laughs> okay. I like that that was in Elka's voice. Elka said not here in the podcast room. <laughs> no, not here in the podcast room. <laughs> well, Elka just broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Let's do it. I oh, my God, Elka's in the room. Ah. Is she in Is the room the with Elka you now? Is in the room? So who, who, do you want to oh, arm wrestle? <laughs> I want I want one of the uh, black stones. I do as well. So we do, arm as- do you want to arm wrestle for it? Black Pearl. We could do a roll off. The one that, that was 500 gold? Yeah. Uh, Matid is fine uh, the, not taking the Black Pearls. Okay. Oh, well, do you want well, I'll, I'll take I'll, one. I'll, I, I would take one, but if you really want it, you can have it. Don't do this to me, Barney. I, well, how about this? How about hey, this? How about this? I just take all of them. Well, I, 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 <laughs> it, it seems that uh, the uh, tiefling and the uh, not vampire. Um, <laughs> they want the black pearls. Uh, Barney, you seem to be a bit complacent about it, so why don't I give uh, my share of the black pearl to Elga, and Barney, you give your share of the okay. black pearl to, and, and, to If you need a loan down the road, 250 gold pieces on the house. I, I am nervous that this could be the curse of the black pearl. <laughs> <laughs> yo, um, but yeah, you can yo. take this black pearl. Okay. Well, uh, was that just uh, inventory black pearl? Yeah, yeah. It's worth 500 gold pieces. And there's also 16 bloodstones oh. that are worth about 50 gold pieces each. So four of those to each of us. Four each. Wow. Wait. Should we not divide a few more bloodstones to the, those without black pearls? If they're 50 each. There's 16. 16. You guys each take 800. Eight. You know what? Like I said, Mati does not really care that much about, uh, again, earthly things. Irbani, you can have my bl- my bloodstones. So you get eight bloodstones. Oh, my goodness. Hey, don't blow those all oh in one place. Goodness. Who gets the other eight? Which, then we, then we it's four, four and four, four between four. Chuck okay. and Elga. Yeah. Four bloodstones. I have, this is, I've just, I thank, thank you so much. <laughs> Barty, <laughs> Barty, Barty can, seems super grateful. Barty, you can add those bloodstones to your kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> Which are their own kind of bloodstone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, in addition, there are also two spell scrolls. Oh, and three potions. Goodness gracious. Can Mati tell us what they are? With my 18 investigation since check? they are the one looking? Well, I'll just give it to you since you, you rolled well, Mati. The two spell scrolls, uh, one is of guidance and the other one is alarm. I don't know what alarm what is. What does alarm do? Which, which what you would expect. You you set an alarm against unwanted intrusion, like a door, a window, oh, an I do area. Know that. Yeah. Uh, and... 
as long as the spell is active, whenever a creature touches or enters the area, yeah. it sets off the alarm. Yeah. Oh, that's a good distraction. It's something like you set and then go away, and if something like procs it, you will be notified. That's yeah, cool. that's cool. I, I I only have interest in a potion. If I could just have a potion, that's all I want. What are the potions? Potions of healing. There's three of them. Oh, nice. I think you three should take it. Elga has probably the highest HP out of all of us. Sure, that sounds fine. Humble brag. Uh, real talk, Matid is very squishy. Yeah, no, Matid should take some then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matisse, since you're, you know, kind of, you, you, you investigated these things well, why don't you make me a perception check as well? I would gladly do that. Who's take the spell scrolls? The spell scrolls? Yeah, who do we, ha- who do we, who do we rely on to, to use those? Probably Barney for... I have zero intelligence. If it's intelligence, if it's wisdom, I have five. Do we know what the spell scrolls... What was the scroll check? It was like a D4? So we kind of homebrewed some rules as far as using scrolls, just so that it would be easier and, and more accessible. It's basically, you're going to roll a check. It's like a DC 10 plus spell level and you get a modifier based okay. on it. You should absolutely then, take this. Yeah, my spell level would be, is pretty high. Yeah, I think Barney should take them. No offense, you all are a party of dum-dums. I think you'll all have more or less the same chance of, uh, so reading, of of making these checks. No, that's season one, gum-gum. You're, you're confusing us. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 10 of perception. You hear what you think might be like mumbling or a shuffling noise coming from beyond the Mound of Treasure, like somewhere along the back wall. Is it like shrouded in like darkness or something? Or is it coming from behind something? You don't see the source of it. It's just you can hear some kind of noise coming from back Mateed there. Matid meanders that direction. Someone's doing the Cupid Shuffle and they don't know the words. The what? I don't know what the Cupid Shuffle is. I don't know what the Cupid Shuffle is either. How do you guys not know what the Cupid Shuffle What's is? What's the Cupid it's, Shuffle? It's played five times at every wedding in, in the last 12, what, How does it go? Years. Is that the one that was, take it back now, y'all? I'm, be- I'm also being sarcastic. I have no idea what the Cupid Shuffle is. Are you, t- are you talking about the Casper Slide? Wait, is that the... Hold on. Cupid Shuffle is a song by Cupid from his 2007... I think you're thinking of the Casper Slide, the one that's... Does anybody in the room know what a Cupid Shuffle is? Uh, You're like, we're being made to feel like we're dumb for not knowing this. I don't think there's any such thing as a Cupid Shuffle. Are you talking about the chicken dance? Oh, oh, to the left, to the left. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a different song than the one you were saying. Okay, they don't know the... I don't know the lyrics. I am also mumbling and show... Maybe you're... Maybe it's Chip. Who knows? How much coffee have you had today, Blaine? I'm not talking about it. I gotta poop real bad. Matit meanders that direction and says nothing. Says to the right, to the right. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, make me an Cha-cha, investigation smooth. check, uh, Matid. <laughs> Another song. <laughs> a 17. It sounds like whatever the noise is is coming from the wall itself. And as you're investigating it, you find what appears to be a latch that kind of uh, embedded in the wall. Oh, it's Wallfriend. There wasn't a latch when it was Wallfriend. Yeah, but maybe this is their exit. We, we weren't supposed to learn this. Uh, if, if you listen to our bonus show, Second Wind. How do you listen to that? You listen to that by joining us as a first member, which is our patronage model for this show. Where? Roosterteeth.com. Oh. Um, you can go there and, <laughs> and become a, a first member, and you can have access to our bonus show where we talk about the show, and we talk about answering questions, and we go over things like that. It's really fun. And in one of the episodes, Gus, I, it was in that episode, right, where Gus was like, honestly, the wall was nothing. <laughs> the wall that talked, <laughs> like he... You it didn't re- even really talk. It just yeah, kind of mumbled. Yeah, and it was just like, the, you read the description from Micah's module, and it was just one of those things where it's like, I think Micah writes in things just to bait us sometimes. <laughs> and guess what? It worked. He's okay. doing a TV I face. Did, I, don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to roll a check on that? I, that, Let's wall, go back. that wall was something. <laughs> 
<laughs> also want to point out that Second Wind is a video show. Oh, so yeah, video. If you want to be able to see our beautiful, lovely faces after we've just recorded D&D for two hours, you yeah, get to yeah, see yeah. it there. I, f- I find it weird that people might not know what we look like from Rishi's content because they found us through Stinky Dragon. So this, that would be like a face reveal, and they're like, that's what, that's face what, re- that's what Barney sounds like? Is that that's why you have a mustache like? today? What do you mean? <laughs> He's becoming Chip. I finally grew it back after shaving it off doing drag at RTX. I'm happy it's bad. It's I like your mustache. Here to stay. I don't. I like your mustache. Like, <laughs> so there is a latch hidden in the wall. I okay. So that my investigation check revealed that. Correct. You know what? Say la vie. Uh, I pull the latch. You pull the latch and it clicks and opens a secret door embedded in the wall. We'll find our friend, wall friend. <laughs> After you, Barney. Okay. You step in, Barney? Yes, I step in. Are you here? What's your constitution? <laughs> no, no. Uh, yes. Good. It's 15. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, you step inside the secret door, and it's a triangular-shaped tomb that smells of saffron, cinnamon, honey, and myrrh. Oh. The center of the room contains three golden myrrh. sarcophagi. Jesus was here. Uh, and at the far end of the room <laughs> is another door. And the three kings. Can I knock on the sarcophagi? Sarcophagi. Like, Mr. Guy! <laughs> no, it's sarcophagus. <laughs> oh, my God. And the teed is watching as our cleric knocks on the sarcophagi <laughs> and yelling at the people inside Mr. of it. Mr. Guy! <laughs> Which one do you want to knock on? There's one in the left, one in the middle, one on the right. I'll go to the middle. It's probably closest. Sure. Give us a taste of what that knock sounds like. Ah. You hear a... Oh! Do we really? Or yes. does he really? Yes. Ooh. What does Barney do? Oh, I guess we should leave. <laughs> uh, do, do you need help? <gasps> Is anybody there? That's a yes. Let's hope I'm said something about the Cupid shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling you to move the lid of it to the right. Can I look if there's a latch? Yeah, make an investigation check. All right. I also realized in me writing notes from this moment, I have no idea how to spell sarcophagus. <laughs> S-A-R-C-O-P-H-A-G-U-S. I know how to spell it because not of Pokemon. Even, not even close. Nine. It seems like there is a latch to open it. However, it does not seem to be unlocked. Hmm. Could I come in to try? Yeah, sure. It seems to be stuck. Do I have to also roll a constitution? Uh, no, no. no. I'm oh, just, oh. just, just messing with Barney. <laughs> you come in and you see Barney trying to open up this middle sarcophagus, but it's, he seems to be struggling with it. Could I try to, like, strength my way through opening it? Yeah. <laughs> Can I strength my way? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, like, strengthen my way downtown. Walk in <laughs> to the right, to the right. Make an athletics check and see if you can force it open. Okay. That's always smart to force open sarcophagus and not worry about any curses or anything. <laughs> he did the knock. Yeah, we're trying. Yeah. Two somethings in the There's chase. someone trapped inside. What is it? You know. I rolled a 22. Okay, yeah. With Barney staring, probably wide-eyed and slack-jawed. Uh, <laughs> and we're just like lifts and rips open the sarcophagus. Can we say canonically it was one-handed? Sure, one-handed. <laughs> yeah. With one hand behind her back, yeah, Elga yeah, yeah. opens up the sarcophagus. she's holding Barney. Yeah, no, like staring at Barney as she did, not even looking at the sarcophagus, just pulling it up. Hip, hip. <laughs> you open it up and then very, you know, quickly, uh, the alchemist shoots up, uh, <gasps> sitting uh, upright. It's the alchemist! Oh, thank you. I feared I was going to meet my end in that sarcophagus. Uh, How do you spell that? <laughs> E-N-D <laughs> so that Quick Your friends are, are, are these your friends? Barney points to the other two sarcophagus No, I don't believe so 
I need to find my family. I think they're nearby. Oh, me too! After the incident on the train, I was taken here as a prisoner by Eddie. He wanted to know everything he could about the other clan leaders of Grotef and about you four. Eddie brought you here? Yes. Yeah, he's the, the Hadid. Oh, right. He tortured me for some time, but I gave him nothing. That is, until he brought my family here and threatened their lives as leverage. Oh. And then what'd you give him? Does that include Francesca? Yes. Oh, and his goodness. son named Henry. Henry. Eddie now has my notebook, which carries all of my notes about my clients and, unfortunately, some information about you four. Probably got What'd some pretty embarrassing us? journal entries in there too, huh? But yes, Francesca and Henry are nearby. I believe they're hidden in the next room over. What sort of notes were you taking of us? Oh, just observations. Like what? What'd you write about me, Doc? Looking for Carol. True. Stuff to help me remember. Things that are important about you. That is a weird practice to do, of writing about the people you meet. I have a lot on my mind. I want to make sure I keep everything straight. Dear diary, to day I met a bird ghost. Very good at baking. <laughs> Love the Alcabas. Is, the is, that how you, is that how you write your diaries where you end it with love? <laughs> it's all about self-love. It's very good. If my journal was here, I could show you. Barney wears dentures, Elga's teddy bears named Boris. Oh, <laughs> How did you know I never told a soul this? That's what, that's what the, the questions have been at the beginning of the episode the entire time. <laughs> it's just alchemist information. Oh, that's pretty good. Wait, wait, so do we hear anything in these other two sargophagus guy? Your guys. Make a <laughs> investigation check. All right. That's a 13. How do you check? Do you do like a knock or are you just like listening or what's your what's your approach here? Michael, what's it called? The two something, a haircut, barber? Shaving a haircut. Shaving a haircut. Two bits. And then I wait. On which one do you do that on? The one on the left. Okay. Knock, you knock, knock on knock, the left knock. one and you do not hear uh, any reply. They've suffocated. I want to open it. You throw open the sarcophagus and inside you see a well-preserved carcassook body dressed in fine linens and its eyes adorned with uh, golden coins. Can I put the lid back on? I'm so sorry to wake you. Go back to bed. Matisse turns and just sees Chip like give a little kiss to the mummy and then puts the, the lid back on. <laughs> Can we go to the third one? Take it back, y'all. <laughs> Barney, you 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 knock on the sarcophagus on the right, and you hear no reply. Well, I try and open, just in case. Yeah, you uh, throw it open. Uh, this one is not locked. It opens very easily. And much like the other one that Chip opened, there is a uh, well-preserved carcassook body. Oh, my goodness. With uh, gold coins on the eyes. Bye-bye. <laughs> I close it. Uh, there was a, a door at the end of this room? Well, yeah, the alchemist did say that his family might be in the room next door. Correct. And yes, there is a door leading out as leading well. Out? Okay. Mm-hmm. The other direction from where you all entered. Do you think your family might be in that direction? And Elka points to that door. Most likely, yes. Okay, well, I think we all know what to do. And we all walk the opposite direction of that door. Could Elga help the alchemist out of the Yes, thank you, Elga, for being so nice. You're welcome. That, that came from a real place from Gus as an old guy who needs help. <laughs> You're almost as old as me. Is he, is he in rough shape is, or is he okay? He looks like he's been uh, worked over a little bit. He did okay. say he was tortured. Yeah. yeah. Elga helps him out. Okay. Thank you, Elga. She lifts him up from under the armpits. <laughs> Puppies. <laughs> yeah. And Matisse uh, wanders towards that other door. 
Yeah, you walk up to it. It's closed. Yeah, I, pr- I presume you try to open it? Yes. Yeah, you open it and it's unlocked. It opens easily. And beyond the back door is another triangular room mirroring the tomb. But this one contains shelves of organs, embalming fluids, and medical tools. In the back is a chest and another door. And on the floor are two mummified bodies wrapped tightly in linen strips. On the oh. floor? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Can I... Uh, I'm going to distract the alchemist while you guys check this body. By I'll, doing... I'll, I'll go kind of... Do that dance, you know. Now kick, now kick, now kick. Over here, doctor. <laughs> I love Barney yelling, do that dance, you know. <laughs> That's actually how Chip puts Barney to bed at night as he does the dance for him. I imagine it's like someone's grandfather. It's like, oh, now show me that dance, you know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey, no, when you do nothing. Yeah. You're so talented. Wow. Down, down, do your dance. Do your dance. Elga goes over to one of the reps. Matid heads to the other one. One of them appears to be a medium-sized humanoid, and the other one's rather small. As you approach them and begin touching them, they begin wriggling. Oh. Oh. Is that you, Henry? I don't know if you remember me from the college, but I was talking to you through the door just like I am talking to you through your cloth right now. (laughs) Yes, it's me, Henry. It's just, it's just Elga two inches from this <laughs> round. <laughs> wait, wait. Did we ever get confirmation that Henry is in fact a little boy, not a man? He we, just said we it. We should now. not question whether people are really young when they're small or if it's. <laughs> I want to do. I want to do something cool, but I hope it turns out cool and not bad. Matid is going to attack the linens. Oh! With their claws, nice. And nice do 20. a really cool way of letting them free by getting them out without hurting them. So you're going to like attack the linen, but not the people in the linen. Yes. Make an attack roll. Oh no. If you, if you crit on this, then you might kill them. Wait, before you roll, uh, who are you trying to do this on? Francesca, I presume, because uh, Elga was talking to Henry. Sure. Assuming Francesca is in the other one. 19. You uh, very deftly and carefully strike at the linens wrapping up Francesca and free her. As she uh, comes free from the linen, she takes a deep breath and looks at you and says, Where's Henry? I think he's right over here. Let me take off his ribbons, too. I don't know. I said ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> and then could El- Elga just, like, unwrap him? Yeah, you unwrap him, and you're greeted by Henry, you know, the small boy wearing his usual red bow tie. He does, however, look a little paler than the last time you saw him. It looks like he maybe doesn't feel well. I tell the alchemist, seeing that his family's out, and I say, Okay, you can go in there. I'm, I'm glad to say you do not have to... Now walk it by yourself. Now walk it by yourself. You're, Were you looking up the lyrics? I was. <laughs> He's reading his laptop. Your family's alive. Was it the kind of thing where you had him turn his back to the room and you're like dancing in the other direction so he's not looking over there and you can see what's yeah, going on? I, I assumed that they were dead. I assumed the worst, but I'm glad they're not. So go go, go see your family. That's the way to distract somebody from the death of their family. Dancing. Ha ha, look at me. <laughs> Henry, you did not look so good. Are you okay? Did someone feed you something you didn't like? Oh, my... Memories kind of fuzzy. Make a perception check, Elga. Check his neck for bites. No. <laughs> 15. As he's talking, you see that he has like an unusual cut across his chest. Oh, no. With green veins now sprawling from the wound up his torso and neck. Who did this to you? I don't remember. The last thing I remember is going on a trip and being in bed at 
Hotel Phantom in Parish. I heard laughter and then felt this pain in my chest. What kind of laughter? Scary laughter. Can you give us a, like a taste of it? Like what did it sound like? <laughs> oh, it hurts. That's not a good laugh. You know who else used Mateen to laugh? smacks Chip over the head <laughs> for being rude to this dying child. You know who else used to laugh like that? Oh. Eddie. Can I can I do like a medicine check or something to see if there's anything I can do to help or what organs might be missing? Organs might be, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can make a medicine check. While you're doing that, the alchemist, of course, also comes in, you know, having been freed by Chip and, you know, rushes in, is also investigating Henry as well. Doing the can opener. I rolled an 11. Uh, all his organs seem to be there. You're not missing any organs. That tracks, because I think you're just looking on the outside of someone's <laughs> body to determine what organs they're missing. So he was at a hotel. Yes, at, at Hotel Phantom. Phantom. In Parish. In Parish. In Parish. He's taking a trip. Yeah. And he heard a laughter and then had the scar all uh, of a sudden? He felt pain, pain in his chest. I was traveling with Freak from clan to clan to learn the customs of each land in Gorteth and pick up on some languages. It was for school, you know, educational. Was it on like a like a like a magic school bus? And was the frizz there? School bus? Never mind, never mind. You said in this room there was also what, a chest in the back and another door? Correct. Could I walk over and check on the chest? Yeah. I presume you that means you open it? I check it for traps. Okay, yeah, make an investigation check. That's a four, my dude. E nope, no traps. Need some help over there, Mateen? I think I have to commit to this because I did the investigation and I didn't I didn't find any traps, so I'm going to open the chest. The chest is unlocked and uh, springs open. Inside, you see what appears to be some school books, uh, a couple of letters, and some alchemical supplies. Is this any of your stuff? I say to uh, the alchemist and the family. Francesca runs over. Yes, Oh. She gets the books for Henry, picks up the letters, and then delivers the alchemical supplies to the alchemist. Thank you so much. The alchemist begins preparing a concoction for Henry, uh, mixing together various alchemical ingredients. Is the the alchemist's journal in that box? No. I think Eddie probably has it, or Huddy has it. Well, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we have anything else here? I was trying to give people an opportunity to do something else. I go check the door. Well, I want to walk up on the the alchemist talking to his wife and be like, "What's, what's this feel like? <laughs> to be with, to be reunited <laughs> yeah. with your wife? How's this going for you guys? You guys look so lovely together. I'm so sad you got separated. That must have been real tough." Go <laughs> alchemist from Francesca. <laughs> So you walk towards the back door there, Matisse? Yeah, there's another door. The uh, alchemist and his family join you and begin walking towards that door as well. Oh. The alchemist, you know, is super thankful. It's so great to be reunited with my family. Good, good. Best feeling in the world, absolutely. Oh, yeah, sure. We need to get Henry back to the lab in Atro City to figure out a cure for his ailment. I will warn Weezer of Eddie's plans for the clan leaders and help clear your name once and for all. You all need to stay on the trail of Eddie and find out what his endgame is. He seemed particularly interested in Gleb out in the Southwest. Mm. Francesca takes a piece of parchment and hands it to you, Matilda, I guess since you were walking out first. Here, take this. This magical piece of parchment will help you stay in contact with Robert. What is it? You can write on it and the alchemist will receive it. <gasps> cool. Is there like a word limit on it? You can write a short letter. It must be 25 words or less. Ascending stone. 
when you're done writing your letter, put it in the envelope here and the message will automatically be sent. Just a one-time use thing? Is it like once per long rest? The magic needs time to reset once you use it. Metagame, take up. Short rest. Short rest. Yeah, okay. shorter or long rest. These phones are getting shorter and shorter, <laughs> smaller and s- thinner and thinner. Let's go. Guys, I, I think Chip is a, he'll, is he maybe have the same ailment as Henry. Chip, are you okay? Matid looks for somebody to put between Chip's teeth because he's clearly half Can Elga fit. smack him around just a little bit? Elga can do whatever she wants. Elga slaps Chip around a little bit and say, put it together, man, okay? <laughs> the item name for the parchment is Cartas de Aya. AKA yonder letters. I could put it in my pack of, I got the fanny pack if you want. Do you, would you like the, the cartes de Aya? I just, you know, I got carrying capacity. What the heck? I want to hear you say the name of the item. Let me type it real quick. Paper is heavy. <laughs> it is. Ah, <laughs> see. Cartes de Aya. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very good. We. See, we. As Francesca is handing that over, I guess to you, Chip, you're the one taking it. Sure. The alchemist says, oh, one final thing. Mm-hmm. You haven't happened to have seen my cane, have you? Well, yes, I have. It's right here. It's quite handy. Can I keep it or borrow it? <laughs> Can I keep your cane? <laughs> well, I do need it. Would you want my walker instead? Oh, hmm. that's a fair trade. That looks pretty good. <laughs> that's your walker's your Wait, weapon. Your walker's your weapon, isn't it? Yeah. Barney, why don't you give Alchemist okay. his cane? He's been through so much. He was asleep in the sarcophagus for so long, and he was probably so lonely and hungry and was thinking about eating and drinking. And yeah, was- I apologize for being rude. Here's your cane. So the Estebans head out the back door, and I presume, Matid, you said you were also heading towards the back door. So that's what this door is, is it is an exit door. It seems so, yes. Okay. Do you think we should go back upstairs and try to follow where those tracks I think this is the way to get out of the pyramid to follow those tracks. Yeah, the tracks seem to go to the edge of the pyramid and then stop. It goes to the edge and then no more. Okay. And connecting the dots, the Phoenix did have wings. Right. Okay. So probably flew, landed. Yeah. And that's why I was asking if there's like a path of flame. Gotcha. Because you said things are on fire. So is is there like a trajectory? Yeah, you could get there, but it doesn't seem like there are things on fire on the way. It just seems like something in the distance is on fire. Okay. Then I think we we have a, a thing to do. We must go find this phoenix. Felicitations, my foul-smelling friends. I often get asked, what's the best way to support Tales from the Stinky Dragon? So to help explain, I brought my good friend John along to chat with me about it. Yeah, so the best way you can support us is by one, I mean, obviously just being yourself. That's what that would support me, is just knowing that you're being your true self. Me too. And knowing that will help us. But beyond that, It's by becoming a first member on roosterteeth.com, which is essentially our patron model for people who want to support the show in a financial way. And so if you go to roosterteeth.com and become a first member, it's only $5.99 a month. And basically, if you either become a first member or even just watch our content on roosterteeth.com, we get the most value out of it, which we then can turn the most value possible into even more stinky content. And on top of just supporting us from an altruistic standpoint, you also get stuff out of it too, right? Like you can listen to our episodes yeah. ad-free, for example. I hate ads. You could take up a hobby with all the time you save not listening to ads. <laughs> Maybe you could yeah, yeah. make your own dice for your own Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Your hobby could be that you join us on our official Discord, which is only for our first members yeah. on our Rooster Teeth Discord, where we're 
posting exclusive content. Today that we're recording this, I posted some behind the scenes photos from our Stinky Dragon Adventures production that just went into production this week. Well, you know, it's, man, you set me up for the perfect segue there, John. On top of that bonus stuff, you also get access to Second Wind, which is our bonus show for Tales from the Stinky Dragon. It's pronounced Second Wind. Second Wind. Yep. Where, you know, we do a dive into that week's episode. We talk about things that happened, what's going on, you know, maybe avenues that were left unexplored, where the party is, what the plans are, what you all messed up. Sometimes uh, either myself or Michael will be there to help give more information. I've never messed up on this show before in my life. Everything has been strategically planned. Sure. We'll find out the the (laughs) rationale behind John when you listen to Second Wind. As a Rooster Teeth first member, again, just $5.99 a month, you get tons of bonus stuff. You get a discount on the Rooster Teeth store, get no ads in Tales from the Stinky Dragon, background play, offline viewing on mobile apps. Check it out. It's pretty great. You hear that sound? It's the sound of a sale you're missing out on because you're not selling on Shopify. And what does it sound like with Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Doesn't matter if you're just starting out or you're ready for your IPO. Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify, you're in control of every sales channel from in-person POS systems to all-in-one e-commerce platforms. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, including companies like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 170 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com dragon. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com dragon to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com dragon. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy this fall to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well? Well, with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back to crushing your goals. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle, you know, this busy autumn? You can try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. Uh, They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash dragon50. Use code dragon50 to get 50% off. That's code dragon50 at factormeals.com slash dragon50 to get 50% off. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Race offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Every purchase supports the Shady Race Impact Program, which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventure accessible for all walks of life. 
From childhood cancer patients to young adults with serious health conditions, Shady Rays is making a lasting impact on their lives through sunglasses. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. So just for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code DRAGON for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I presume everyone else also leaves along with Matisse. Uh, yes. Yeah. Bye bye. I, I look back at the alchemist reuniting with his family and then I. Because <sighs> I miss my wife, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you all pass through the door and descend a stairway that zigs and zags for a while until you start to hear the rushing of water. You reach the bottom of the stairs and you find yourself back outside in the morning sun. You look to your right and spot the Esteban family riding off on camels into a sea of sand. Okay, now I sigh. <laughs> <laughs> Now Matite size as well. <laughs> <laughs> Before you is the Kaharian Canal, which seems to snake off to the southwest into a larger river. Docked in the river is a small steamboat with the name SS Better Prize inscribed on the hull. <laughs> SS Better Prize? Yeah. Blarable Garble. Oh! Kadunk, kadunk, kadunk. Out from the boat, you see an oozy humanoid wearing a yellow uniform with shoulder fringes. Surprisingly, he seems to have a peg leg, and scuttling behind him is a tiny, colorful splotch of goo that croaks happily as it approaches. I'm Captain Kirk of the SS Metaprise. Jesus oh Christ. God. <laughs> and this, uh. this is my second-in-command, Spork. Oh. He points down at the splotch. You four look like you may be in need of transportation down river. I have a sixth sense of these things. That's how he talks. It's dramatic talking. Do you think we'll get William Shatner to do this? No, yeah, we're going to. Uh, uh, let's let it pause down real quick. William Shatner actually canonically hates Gus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He blocked me on Twitter. Him on Twitter. <laughs> Did you figure out why? Yeah. It's yeah, a long yeah. story. I'm going to some other time. It wasn't my fault. I can provide passage for 10 silver each. Okay. Nah, I don't think. I think we could find another way. <laughs> Anyways, nice to meet you. Hold on. <laughs> Before you go, this is no ordinary steamboat. Uh-huh. We've explored the many frontiers of Grotef <laughs> on my five-year journey sailing. And in that time, I have collected uh, oh rare curios and learned cultural crafting techniques for purchase or trade on board. Well, beam me up. <laughs> that sounds like some fun. Oh, he's a shop. Shopping montage. Shopping montage. <laughs> May the force be with you. <laughs> Matid grabs Elga and they both fly off together down the canal. <laughs> May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> um, yeah. Come aboard, explorers. Oh. We shall boldly go Oh my god. Downriver to my hometown of Glurb. Hey, how it much? It should be <laughs> lovely this time of year. Can I give you, uh, how much is a uh, tin silver in copper? 100? 100. Here's, here's 100 copper. I will give that as well. Yeah, I will do it as well. We just gave a buttload of pennies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I give him 10 silver. Thank you. I mean, it 
all shakes out in the end. You all make your way onto the SS Better Prize and hear steam blow from the stacks like whistling chimneys. The stern wheel comes to life and begins paddling water, propelling the ship downriver. Spark will get us to my hometown of Glove faster than you can say. Fascinating. Fascinating. In the meantime, we're there. Yeah, interest you all in perusing some of my curios for sale or trade. I love Cheerios. This is my- I also <laughs> might be able to offer upgrades oh. to existing items. Come with me upstairs. <laughs> Let's get comfortable. I'm waiting for him to say one more phrase. <laughs> just baiting he turns forever. around and walks and begins walking up the stairs okay, to the second level. Now I follow. So this guy is an ooze, I imagine. Make me a wisdom check, Elka. All right. He's an ooze and he's got a peg leg. That's interesting. It is actually weird. Uh, 10? You know, having lived in Groteth your whole life, you know that Kurg, and, and actually he said it, is a Glurbian. So yeah, he is an ooze type creature. And his spork as well. Spork is some kind of toad. <gasps> oh, like a sentient toad because it can drive. I also, I was writing these down quickly when you were saying them, and I know that you made a joke about like something that sounded like Spock. Spork. spork. But I know it was Spork now, but when I first wrote it down, I wrote Splock. Because <laughs> I was like, I think that was what he said. <laughs> yeah, good enough. That's what happens when you just drop a bunch of jam on the floor. And he was a uh, some kind of gl- glar- glarby- glorbian? Glurbian. 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 It's the blurble gerble. It's the introduction blurble of these blurble. people. And he and Spork was a toad. Spork is a tar toad, specifically. Tar. Yeah. Like he's made a tar. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess we all head to uh, the Curios. Kirk leads the way up to the boiler deck, which is the second story of the ship. Double doors lead into a steamy shop filled with weapons, ammunition, and magical baubles. Behind a railing is a blazing forge connected to the exterior stacks. And, you know, as he mentioned, he can also, if you want, perform upgrades to some items if you're curious about that. Interesting. Does he want to get a sense of what the items are first? He probably has a lot. Is there like a, a list we could look through somewhere? Oh, yeah. Or like what's the easiest way to do this, I guess? You look in the case and in the display with all the different items that are available there. And you see various baubles and magic items. You see uh, emblems, amulets, horns, a cloak, a cup metals, sling bullets, and dragon hide belt. Could Elga look at the cloak? Yeah. To you, young one, I have special items that may interest you. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Do the rest of the glarbs talk like you? (laughs) Well, Captain, I would love to see your (laughs) items. Our first four-hour episode. (laughs) Kirk pulls out two items specifically and places them in front of you, Elka. The first one. Sippy cup of satiation. (laughs) I somehow feel targeted. (laughs) You look like a kid. Sippy cup of satiation. I'll read this DM voice. Oh, I sure you already heard the word. I sure did. <laughs> this bloodstained sippy cup is the perfect vessel for vampiric imbibation. Pour fresh blood into this cup and sip, sip, sip away, regaining 4d4 plus 4 hit points. Once the sippy cup has restored hit points, it can't do so again until the next midnight. How much do you need to fill it? What is the ounces or whatever measurement they use here? However much available. Okay. 
No. Minimum required. I shall take it. I don't even need to know what the other item is. I already know I'm buying this one. Add to cart. (laughs) (laughs) Two hundred and fifty gold. Okay. That's an expensive car. Sure is. Keep in mind that we have things to trade. Blood agates and all that stuff. Nope. Blood. Stone. Stone. Also metal of the horizon back. Metal of the horizon back. When you would be hit by an attack, you can use your reaction to increase your armor class by five until the start of your next turn, including against the triggering attack. You must be wearing the metal and be able to see the creature that made the triggering attack to use it. Once used, it can't be used again, and the metal becomes non-magical. So it's a one-time use. Correct. Period. Okay. How much is this one? 75 gold. Okay. Well, do you also, I know you're selling these things, but do you also buy things from people? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay. Could I sell him my bloodstone and black pearl? So it'd be 550? So, no, it'd be, well, there's, I have four oh, bloodstones. Four bloodstones. So let 700. Me, let me sell him my black pearl. You said it was 250 and 70? 250 and 75 for, that would be 325 total. Yeah. I see you also have a barely used great axe. Barely used? Perhaps it's. Needs an upgrade. Oh, that is a great idea. (laughs) I thought you were going to take it from me and then we would have words. (laughs) What can you do to it? He can enchant it to increase your bonus to attack and damage with this weapon to a plus two. And whenever you critically hit a creature, the steel of this axe turns bright red for a moment and you regain a number of hit points equal to your constitution modifier plus three. Ooh, that's vampiric. Cool, yeah. Uh, And how much will that cost? Very rare materials to make this axe. Seven hundred. Seven hundred. Okay, actually, you know that's pretty doable. (laughs) Now that we have these stones, we could sell. Do we know if like the, the he's talking like him too? The, <laughs> the bloodstones or the whatever pearl, black, black pearl. Do they have any utility outside of just selling? Oh, like are they material components for something else? Not really. I mean, obviously later on there are some spells that are like requires a gemstone worth five hundred gold or requires a gemstone worth fifty gold. Like in that sense, yes, but not okay. specifically gotcha. for anything. Seven hundred. Ain't no yeah. magic in Elgus future. So it'd be one thousand twenty-five. Was that for all three? All three. Correct. Okay, so I'll give him all my bloodstones and the black pearl, which would be a total of 700. Okay. And then an extra 325 of, of my own gold. Good doing business with you. So you can add sippy cup of satiation, mm-hmm. metal of the horizon back. And if you look, your new axe should be called Great Axe of Gaining. Elga's got gains. Okay, pleasure doing business with you. You shake his hand, you just stick it into the sludge. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else? Uh, Sure. Wish to trade. Oh, yeah. Who wants to go? I guess Barney said sure. You're welcome. I I will say that because I have the pearl that we're probably going to separate or split the costs on, both of you guys will have money owed to you. I don't need any money. You don't even know what he has. It's okay. I'd be okay. 
I have. No, no, I, no. I, I, I insist. Ladies I, first. I have, I have everything I need. I have the cat. I have my muffins that I can throw with. You got a best friend. That's <laughs> pointing at me. Where? Where is is my best friend here on the ship? <laughs> it's Curd, <laughs> Captain Curd. <laughs> no, we know it would be Spork. <laughs> Let me go first. Let me see okay. what he has, and then I, how much I have remaining. That way, if you need a loan, I can help you. Uh, I, I, oh, hey, ho, uh, uh, farewell, farewell, Med. Uh, what's Star Trek uh, line? Peace. Peace, peace. No. Be with you. Uh, 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 no one help them. No one help them. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Yeah, that's it. You guys have to take back your nerd cards. Come on. They're Star Wars boys. I'm a Star Wars yeah. man. You, you can tell the the guy who wrote this though was raised in a Star Trek family. Oh, how rude! Cutting in front of your <laughs> friend. No, you see, like, we got a money situation where I'm going to lend him money, so I need to see, like, how much I could give him so if we could clear up my... It makes sense. We're good friends. <laughs> I'm a good guy. Hi, Chip, Chip, hey there. Chip, hey there. Nice to meet you. Ah, Blurble Gerble to you. Yeah, yes, Blurble Gerble. For a fine tiefling like you. He's going to find me. Two items. Okay. Horn of silent alarm and uh -huh. cloak of displacement. Oh, a cloak. What do those do? Matisse whispers to uh, Chip. Yeah? You need to curtsy as you say that as well. Oh, uh, I blurble garble and I curtsy at the lowest <laughs> I can possibly curtsy. As close to the ground as you can get. I fan out my the ends of my shuddy. You see, <laughs> this is a shuddy. It's, it's a shirt and a hoodie. You know, whenever I put it on, I say, should he wear it, should he not? Clever. Thank you. The Horn of Silent Alarm has four charges. When you use an action to blow it, one creature of your choice can hear the horn's blare, provided the creature's within 600 feet and not deafened. No other creature hears the sound coming from the horn. That regains 1d4 expended charges at dawn. So, uh, Captain it's, uh, Kirk. Kirk. Kurd. Captain Kurd, will you? What did you call me? Captain Kurd. Nope. Kirk. Captain Kirk. Nope. Kirk. Captain Kirk. First try. Yes. Captain Kirk. First try. Uh, what's the situation where you can use something like this? When stealth is required. It is. Most of the time. To alert your friends. Uh-huh. Silently. Okay. Plane's not impressed by this item. It's fine. <laughs> what's, what's, uh, what's the what's the cloak do? Metagame-wise, cloak of displacement. When you wear this cloak, it projects an illusion that makes you appear to be standing in the place near your actual location, Ooh. causing any creature to have disadvantage on attack rolls against you. I want that. If you take damage, the property ceases to function until the start of your next turn. This property is suppressed when you're incapacitated, restrained, or otherwise unable to move. Say I do this and I try to disengage and go into stealth. Does that impact that ability? No, no, no. I think not. it's more like, uh, think of the what's-his-face from Ape. Apex Legends. He sends out hollows of himself, yeah. and so you don't know which one to attack. I do like that character. Yeah. Okay. It's a very uh -huh. rare item. 700 gold. How about we talk about what I could get as an upgrade, and then we, you know, see if we could get like a buy one, get one situation and hmm. try to bring you down, you know? How about the arm blade of blurbing. I'm listening. <laughs> Chip has now moved an inch from <laughs> Captain Kirk. <laughs> it's an upgrade to an arm blade that coats the blade in acrid slime. You gain a plus one bonus to attack rolls you make with this weapon and it deals an extra 1d4 acid damage. 
practice good. In addition, when you're the target of a ranged weapon attack, you can use your reaction to attempt to absorb the projectile's damage into the weapon. Oh. The projectile can be any ranged ammunition, but does not include AOE. You make a melee attack roll with the weapon. If your attack roll is equal to or greater than the attack roll made against you, you absorb the projectile. Just swallow an arrow that comes at me. Yeah, basically you like engulf like whatever the arrow or whatever in like the acid from the blade and it dissolves. And you can use that feature twice per long rest. It's like That's a, it's, cool. It's like a laser going at a lightsaber. Oh, my favorite. Star Trek. <laughs> Set your phasers to fun. Okay. All right, Captain Girk. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> Try again. Captain Girk. No. <laughs> what? Spell that. He's now me. just yelling it in hopes that it sounds better. Kirk. 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 Captain Kirk. Yay. Uh, let's talk about uh, how much we could bundle these together in, in, in doing some trades. Together. Mm -hmm. Two items. Yeah. 1100. Uh -huh. oh, okay. Gold. Uh, all right. Well, you're rich. You're a rich boy. Okay. I have a bloodstone and a black pearl together. That is 700 gold. So there's that. And then. Need 400. Didn't you get a bunch of coin as well? Yeah. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's mostly silver. So, okay. I think I have 130. So that'd be eight. It's math, math, math. Okay. All right. I have Blaine, a, Blaine is sweating. I have 1,000. <laughs> I'm wearing a sweater. I have, have 1,300 silver. So that's 130 gold. Yes. Are you writing all this down? This is going to be impossible to keep track of in no, your no, head. No, no, no. I got it all, all up here. So I have 130 gold plus the. 700 from the bloodstone combined with the black pearl. So that's 830. And then I have gold, which would... Oh, I got the platinum as well. Remember how we talk about how D&D &D is basically improv and math? Yes. This is... This is it. <laughs> this is heavily it. math portion mm -hmm. of the... <laughs> so then I take... So he pays you the 400 gold somehow. somehow. End of statement. Right. And then I got 170 gold. So I'm going to give you... How about 900? Oh, he's haggling. Ah. Do you have suspenders for that? <laughs> Make a persuasion check. You'll never meet a more persuasive person than I. 26. How do you have a plus 10 on that? Because I'm a charismatic guy. I got the Riz as the, the rogue. Say. Haven't you been playing Baldur's Gate? Yeah, true. One thousand. That's a deal. I rolled it. I rolled a 26. And it he went came down, down on the price. What was it originally? 1100. Oh, I forgot about that. I was looking for a thousand. <laughs> uh, well, now I'm back to work. 950. Make a persuasion roll. Oh, gosh. 22. 975. Fine. 25. That's yeah. like, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, now I got to do all the math all over. Okay. All right. Here you, uh, here's a black pearl. Here's a bloodstone. And money. And money. There you go. A scout's honor. You're going to do that math right. 100%. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matisse turns and notices that Barney has fallen asleep and stirs him away. <laughs> oh, are we there? This is your time to shop. <laughs> Hi, I'm Barney. You look, you, uh, you look. I love your ship. <laughs> 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 I'm so glad it ended with ship. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It can do warp eight. Wow. For a priest slash cleric as yourself. <laughs> Two special items. Guardian emblem. An amulet of 
the devout. And what do those do? The guardian emblem is a symbol of a deity or spiritual tradition. As an action, you can attach the emblem to a suit of armor or shield or remove it. It has three charges. When you or a creature you see within 30 feet of you suffers a critical hit while you're wearing the armor or wielding the shield with the emblem, you can use your reaction to expend one charge to turn the critical hit into a normal hit instead. That's big. Oh. It regains all expended charges daily at dawn. Basically, it undoes three crits per long rest. And that uh, extends to people around him? Within 30 feet. Nice. That's a good, that's like an aura. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I was doing math, I missed all that. I'm very excited for you to bring that out in combat and be like, where'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> amulet of the Devout. It's an amulet that bears a symbol of a deity inlaid with precious stones or metals. When you wear the holy symbol, you gain a bonus to spell attack rolls and the saving throw DCs of your spells. The bonus is determined by the amulet's rarity. In this case, it's a plus two. When you wear the amulet, you can use your channel divinity feature without expending one of the feature's uses. Ooh. Once this property is used, it can't be used again till the next dawn. That's good too. Yo. And then did Barney just say yo? He said yo. Okay. <laughs> All I heard was you just saying yo. Yo. <laughs> I can also tinker with your watch to make it more accurate. Oh. And what, what does that do? Pocket watch with predictability. This is an upgrade made to an existing pocket watch, adding a third hand to the clock. When you make an attack roll while bearing the pocket watch, you can forego rolling a d20 to get a 10 on the die. This feature can be used twice per long rest. So it's like, that's probably good if you have yeah. a high modifier. You're not going to impact the anything else with the watch you're just gonna add the other hand correcto mundo mm, okay and now how much is all what that is all three yeah i guess individually mm. pocket watch only 75 oh gold guardian emblem 200 gold Spence. amulet of the devour one, one five hundred gold 775 Hmm. Okay. Do you think you could do me a, a kindness and, and go anywhere closer to 500? Oh, he's an old man. Do me a kindness. How Come could you on. say no to that? Come on, Glurk. He's, he's, look at him. Make a persuasion. Wrong Check. again. Clerk? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, he's clerk. working at a store, yeah, I guess. That's what but... I mean. What Kirk, the heck? Kirk. Uh, a 13. That's actually the, like, the one red flag of Chip is that he's like mean to, to his like, serving staff. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. So it's a 13 on the persuasion. 700. 25. That is a kindness. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I'll figure out the gold and stuff. Do you okay. need more? I don't know. No, I'll be okay. I guess I'll just, get, can I just get rid of some of my, like, I'll sell you some of my stuff and we don't need to go through it. Sure, why not? Scout's honor, as long as you add it upright. I don't want to go back in and double check everyone's math. It's just Barney. I'll get you on the back end. <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm going for it, man, please. If you buy me a, a cheeseburger today. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyone remember that character's name? Uh, Hamburglar. No. Yes, that's correct, the Hamburglar. <laughs> was that not the Hamburglar? No. no, it wasn't. It was the Popeye's character. It's a character oh. from Popeye. Mm. Uh, Wimp Wimpy? Wimpy. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm old. As for Mateed and Jacques, walloping, sling bullets, dragon, hide pelt, and possibly an upgrade to your cook's utensils to make them a 
spear. Oh, oh that's pretty cool. Just a bunch of duct tape. Can you upgrade his cat? <laughs> so the walloping sling bullets, it's ammunition for sling, obviously. And which, if you which sling? Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Any creature hit by the bullet must succeed on a DC 10 saving throw or be knocked pro. Oh. I just realized that that's a sling. I thought that was like a thing you were casting all along. No, sling. Huh. Like good old David. And then the dragon hide belt? It's a finely detailed belt made of dragon hide. While wearing it, you gain a bonus to the saving throw DCs of your key features. In addition, you can use an action to regain key points equal to a roll of your martial arts die. And you can't use this action again until next dawn. And it would give you a bonus of plus two to your saving throw DCs. That's very good. And then, what can you do to my cooking utensils? Be very careful. Ooh, they can be upgraded, arcanely assembled into a single spear that sorts the wheat from the chaff in battle. Which utensil is at the tip of the spear? Is it the whisk? (laughs) It's most likely a spoon. Yeah. So imagine trying to, like, cook with all of your utensils melted into one thing. (laughs) One giant one. Like, oh, my rolling pin's fort. Just holding a giant spear over my head, stirring with it. (laughs) With this spear, you would gain plus two bonus to attack rolls and damage. With this spear, I do the wet. You can use an action to speak a command word and stick or throw this spear into the ground. Gold-hued arcane spikes resembling wheat briefly shoot up from the ground in a 15-foot radius around the spear. All creatures of your choice have to make a dexterity saving throw. Or get a gluten allergy. (laughs) (laughs) On a fail save, they take 3d6 piercing damage. On a successful save, they take half, and you can use it twice per long rest. Evil wheat. Alternatively, as part of an attack or bonus action, you can call back the spear to your open hand from up to 100 feet away. The spear shimmers, dissipates into chaff, and then reappears in your hand. Oh, that's very cool. You should buy that. <laughs> I say buy that. Should I buy that? Yeah, we we. Do you need to borrow anything since you let us have those things? Yeah, we got money. I do not know. Uh, what would be the, the uh, sum of all three of these? Eleven hundred gold. That's one hundred. What you got? I got seven fifty. Okay. Don't forget you have platinum. Oh no, that's total. I have seven. I have six fifty monies, and I still have a gemstone that's worth a hundred. The seven fifty total. 350 short. Okay. I don't know if I said it. It's, uh, by the way, it's the Spear of the Superior Baker is the name of the spear. Oh, you did not say that. I'll give you 120 gold. Okay. So you still need... I'll be at 750, so 870, and so I need another 230. I mean, I could cover him with my platinum piece, but if anybody else wants to chip in. I get a (laughs) It's okay. Actually, if... uh, I can give you some. You sure? Yeah. Are you sure you want to give me your money? Yes. You know, you let me have those stones. and That was really gracious yeah, of you. I am fine not getting one of these. It's no, not a big deal. No, we are me. a team. And if you, oh, high water raises all the chip Anyways, I will give you, <laughs> is a hundred gold good for you? 150? That would be, that would be plenty. Okay. Thank you very I'll much. I'll give Matita 150 gold. Okay. okay. So then that brings you down to 120 that you need left. So I have, what is it? 1,020? And you need... Then you just need a thousand... Eleven hundred. So you still need eighty. I, I have. I, I. This is what I have, and I show Kurg how much I have, and I go. Is that? Is, would this be enough, maybe, for today? They're a very friendly bird. Go, go ahead and make a persuasion check. I, I will gladly do that. Could Elga help make a persuasion check by doing puppy dog eyes? <laughs> sure, you Kurg. can roll to assist. Please, Matthias here is such a good person, okay, and I, need I, some help. I think that you should give them eggs. Oh gosh. I rolled a ten. I rolled a three. Great. Sorry, I wasn't looking at the right person. You were, you, you were looking at a spork. <laughs> I was looking at a spork. I can give you a frequent buyer discount. Ah, since all my friends have bought all your other wares. Yes. This will 
suffice. Okay, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate good. that. Kirk, you're a good dude. Blob. Kirk. Blurk. Blurk. Kirk. Ding, 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 ding. We got the question right. Outside, you hear the clanging of a roof bell. Oh. Captain Kirk turns to you all with wrinkled ooze face. That can't be good. Uh-oh. He rushes out the double doors, and you immediately hear the flapping of wings and unusual quacking filling the air. Oh. We're under attack by a flock of goose wings. Everyone go and roll initiative. Oh, oh no. no. They were my favorite 80s band, too. Gooselings. Seven. I don't think I have to explain it. Fifteen. Thirteen. Twelve. This is a very side question. Do I still have those rags that we bought, I assume, from Carcassy? Sure. Why not? I don't think you ever do anything to get rid of them. Okay. So you all run outside. In the air, you see jelly-like birds flapping around, attacking the ship. So based on initiative, it looks like ships going first, then Mateed and Barney. There's a handful of these jelly-like birds flapping around. So they're up in the air. Yes. Okay. Is there any sails? Or I guess this is a steam-powered steam ship. So, But is there any, like, crow's nest or anything like that? There's the steam stack, but it's hot. I am a tiefling, after all, you know? Uh, so if I climb the sail, theoretically, if I climb the steam stack, would it bring me up to the level with the birds? I mean, they're pretty low. They're, like, swooping... You know, at person level. So then, if I because they're, they're the attacking steam stack, the ship, I'd be above the birds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like that. Does, can I can I do that in my in my combat in my in my uh, movement? Sure. And just so you, for clarification, I think Tiefling just gives you resistance to fire damage. I'm pretty sure he's immune to. We've kind of said that yeah. a few times. Yeah. It's hot. I like the hot. I don't know that a steam stack is fire damage. Wait, well, what's at the bottom? What's causing the steam? Fire. Uh? Yeah, you're not at the bottom, dude. Yeah, I know, but I'm at the top, so it's like it's even steam. weaker than the fire. All right, let's do it. We'll figure out the damage as we go. No. I, I, I can always say Gus is frustrated with Blaine when he calls him dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know. I've got my tail. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, dude, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> what could happen bad, dude? I want to do it because I want to be the petulant child. Do it. What? Can you, I perceive you, you it's going to hurt me? You never want to do that. Can I perceive it's going to hurt me? Well, you like to put your hand on it? Yeah. Make a... <laughs> let's call it a... Make a constitution save with advantage. 19. You think you can handle it? Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to climb this steam stack to get on top of these birds. Be right back, gang. I just want to tell the audience that Blaine is playing with his back to <laughs> Gus. <laughs> <laughs> and can't see Gus's reactions, his face. Probably oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> for the best. All right, I climb on top of the steam stack. Okay, yeah, you uh, shimmy your way up to the top of the stack. Where's he going? Um, I mean, you, you wouldn't be able to move your full <laughs> movement range. Let's say you get about 15, 20 feet. Oh, uh, the steam feels great on my skin. What a great, great use of my time. Uh, and then I want to jump on top of one of the birds and on the way down, splash at it with my arm blade of blurbling. 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 Yeah. Blurbling. Given uh, to you by Captain. Kurg. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make your attack roll. Okay, 21. Oh, yeah, that easily hits. You uh, come down, land on one of the gooselings. And then I do five points of arm blade damage. Okay. And then in addition to the slashing damage that I just did, I think I also get the acid damage. Yes. Which is 1d4 acid, so I'm going to roll for that. That is a four. Nine total. Nine total. Yeah, you uh, jump down onto this gooseling and slice it into two little piles of ooze that fall to the deck. Cool. And then after that, I'm going to... 
I'm going to use my cunning action to, to slink away. Okay. Is that it for you? That's it for me. All right. Mateed, then Barney. Do we have a number of how many of these two slinks? It looks like at this point, there's probably, if you had to guess, five or six, somewhere on there. Okay. Mateed attunes their spear by having Jacques kiss it. Oh. And and then now it's it's ours. Does the spear of the superior baker become attuned by having like biscuits made on it? Yeah. Ha-ha. Oh. That woke up Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the bullets of walloping and I'm going to put them inside the crusty muffins because I still oh, want to throw the muffins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm bonusing my muffins. You're buffing your muffins. I'm buffing my muffins. I'm buffing <laughs> my muffins. Inspiration dice, Gus. That was good. <laughs> And I want to use my sling of sandstorms. And I want to uh, attack one of these gooselings. I am not a slimy bird of the ocean. Well, in your heart, you are. <laughs> okay, apparently. So I roll for attack. 19. Oh, yeah, that hits. 19. And then I do the attack roll. That's seven damage. And then... Uh, no need to roll for the walloping bullets because the goozling does go down, uh, unmoving in a pile of ooze. And then Jock pounces on it to make sure it's dead. Okay. And then I want to follow that up. I'm going to use a key point and do, since I um, use flurry of blows, and I'm going to take two unarmed strikes as a bonus action towards the closest goozling as well. Ooh, okay. That's a 12. That hits. Okay with eight damage. Yeah, you punch right through it and make you explode kick, it. Kick. You kick right through it and explode it. These hands are meant for baking. Yeah, that's <laughs> just what they'll is, do. Canonically, is that what it's for? Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. The feet are for the killings, the hands are for the kneading. <laughs> um, I do it again. All right. No, say a different that one. That one's a nine. That actually does not hit. Okay. Then I miss on that one. Is that it for Mateed? Yeah, I'm uh, done. Uh, okay, Barney, you're up. How many are left in what like area are they around? Let's say there's roughly three. There's probably two around you and one around Elka. Is there a way I could get all three within a 15-foot radius of me? Probably not. You get two of them. Okay, I'll do that. I'll cast Spirit Guardians. Which does? You call forth spirits to protect you. They fit around you a distance of 15 feet for the duration. When you cast a spell, you can designate any number of creatures you can see to be unaffected by it. I'm going to choose all of the friendly passengers aboard including my party. And, and, who, and who are the two recruit people who um, are named? Uh, Spork and Blurg. Captain oh, Blurg. he almost got it. You didn't even know. The look this, on your face. Fool, the look on your guy. face. Captain Kurt. Blaine made a face when he said the name of just like, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Spork and Kurg. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that too. Blaine, never change. Okay, okay. Perfect the way you are. I promise you. <laughs> so they're unaffected. An affected creature speed is halved in the area, and when the creature enters the area for the first time or starts its turn there, it must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails, then it takes 3d8 radiant damage. Basically, you got like some spirits around you that'll attack if someone comes yeah. within range of them or starts their turn in it. Barney's got a gang. Yeah, of spirits, <laughs> priests. <laughs> yeah. So I do that. So on the start of their turn, they need to make a wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Don't worry about the ones here. And I point to the two that are in the in my area. And then your spell save DC is 17, it looks like, too. Mm-hmm. I'll just do that. I'll call that. And I'm done. Okay. As luck would have it, those two by you are the ones that act next. So they need to both make wisdom saving throws. DC 17, their wisdom save is minus three. So they both need a 20 if they want to make this. 
You got this, guys. First one, 14. Second one, four. I'm going to use that inspiration die John gave me and re-roll that. Yep. (laughs) That's what it's there for. 17. Ah, didn't make it. Ah. You're close. All right, so they both fail. So they both take 3d8 radiant damage. You want to go ahead and roll that? Oh, my God. That's so much damage. 88, wow. Did you put your sunblock on? 14 damage. Oh, so I, I have resistance to, to, to UV radiation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the two closest to you explode into a blinding pillars of radiant damage and just disappear altogether. And the boat is on fire. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> so that was their turn, dying. Elga, it's wow. your turn, and there's only one goozling left, and it's by you. Use your two actions on it. <laughs> well, at, at the same time, is it close enough to use a melee attack? To yeah. Me? Okay, I'm gonna try to use my new great axe of gaining to swipe at it. I think you're gonna need both your actions against this thing. They're very high HP. Slashing damage. Great axe of gaining is a 16. That hits, believe it or not. Okay. And then doing my damage on it, that is a eight. <laughs> you slash at it and cut it in half, and it falls to the ground, unmoving. Good. Gross. What are you going to do with your other action? Uh, uh-huh. I uh-huh. say, and uh-huh. that's all, folks. <laughs> Classic Elga. Classic. <laughs> What's the role for that, Gus? <laughs> Performance. Performance. You successfully dispatch all of the gooslings, so you all get inspiration dice or five temporary hit points. Oh. This is where Captain Kirk tells them that gooslings are actually an endangered species and we just decimated half the population left I in was this land. Also, <laughs> I was so confused at first too because just like instinctively I equipped all the things I just bought before, including the Medal of Horizon back. Mm-hmm. But that adds five to my armor class. Oh. And I was like, how did my AC become 20? Whoa. And I was like, oh, I should probably take that off yeah, until yeah. I'm actually using it. That's funny. As the crescent sun reaches high noon, you notice a shift in scenery from the surrounding shores and beyond. What was once a desolate desert scape is now a countryside of grassy knolls and mushroom fields. Mm. All the while, the column of black smoke has only grown larger and now fills the foreground. It takes you a moment to fully appreciate what you see. It appears to be a town, but it's slowly moving. Here at the edge of the river, you can make out a massive dribbling trail of slime leading up to a mountain-sized slug with neighborhoods of homes, businesses, and even roads constructed on its back. That's so cool. It would all be mesmerizing if not for one detail. It's all on fire. No! So, so it's on a giant moving slug? Yeah, yeah. on a mountain-sized slug. It slugs all the way down. Everywhere <laughs> I go, there's fire. I'm a perpetual firefighter. You have not done your duties. I, we need to get in there and save those people. And you are immune to that as well. That's right. Very good. I don't mention that often, but I'm glad you picked up on that detail. I think this is the most interesting thing about you. Mm-hmm. Find out what the slug is all about on the next episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Until next time, Thorble Gerbil. Thorble Gerbil! This episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon was produced by Ben Ernst, written, edited, and composed by Micah Reisinger, with additional editing work by David Sonnier. I want to give a special shout out to some first members over on Rooster Teeth Oak and Mermaid, Johan uh, Lofdal, Johan Lofdal, how do you say that? Tire King, Sia Girl 96, and Rowdy 13. As first members, they're directly supporting this show. If you're interested, you can sign up for first over at roosterteeth.com. This week's arrow question was submitted by Miss Duststorm on Reddit. Speaking of socials, Gus, 
Where can people find us on the social networks? People can find us at Stinky Dragon Pod on all social platforms, even the YouTube URL included at Stinky Dragon Pod. Super easy to find. We believe in consistency. Here's a quick shout out to some folks who interact with us on social media recently. Here's some NPCs named after them in this episode. Ryder Rajad, aka The Mummy, named after user Ryder7s on Reddit. Captain Kirk, the Sailing Sails Ooze, named after at Captain Kirk 30 on Twitter or at Captain underscore Kirk 030 on Twitter. Got to make sure I get it right. Also want to give a special thanks to some friends who provided VO for characters in this episode, like The Mummy, voiced by Hannah McCarthy, at Hi Hello underscore Hannah. The Alchemist, voiced by Blizzbear, at Blizzbear. Francesca Esteban, voiced by Jessica Vasami, at Jessica Vasami. Henry Esteban, voiced by Ash Hildreth, at Luminoso Ash. Captain Kirk, voiced by Armando Torres, at Mondo Does Stuff. Tune in next time for another thrilling episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Pocket Watch of Predictacalability. Predictability. Predictability. Pocket watch of predictability. No, we're using the first. Predictability, <laughs> even though this is <laughs> <isn't a bit. laughs> Lots of L's, lots of vertical lines in there.